You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Benley. We're back for another week. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. Nice little long weekend for uh, for most people, including yours truly. Thus, no episode yesterday. But we're back. We're back on the grind. Better than ever. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locked on MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects like myself, we have the podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice, Aram Lighton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your prospects. All right, we are back. We are back. We are better than ever. Like I said, nice little long weekend there for uh, for the for the boy. Hopefully for y'all too. And uh, we're right back. Hell of a weekend. Heck of a weekend for the fighting cats. Really exciting stuff happening in the Motor City and in Comerica and 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 wherever the Tigers play. To be honest with you, for the first time in a very long time, and that's super, super, super exciting. We're going to recap the weekend. Obviously, a White Sox series that we got to talk about. Took two of three from the south side. Then a Rangers game that happened last night. All-star voting. And then the schedule of the month ahead. Going to cover all that in today's show. So happy to be back. Back in back in your ears. Now I almost said your eyes. Back in your ears. On this beautiful Tuesday or whenever you're listening to this morning on your way to work. Whatever. I'm glad that I can uh, that, that I can accompany you on wherever you are listening to this. For starters, let's let's kick off segment one here. Lost the first game of the White Sox series. Mize has a short outing. He only goes three innings. Everybody freaks out, running around like chicken with their head cut off. Everyone is is losing their minds, thinking he's hurt or something. When in reality, AJ Hinch said before the game he was going to limit. Mize's starts for most of the month of July. The strict July-ness of it, I guess, is more implied. But he did say for for the middle part of the summer, he was going to really limit his starts. Really try and... and He's not going to go super deep into games. Going to watch the pitch count a little closer. And I'd imagine that it's just going to be for the month of July... Um, especially post-trade deadline. I can't imagine having too much of a limit on him. But basically his philosophy is he's had injury problems. That's not, you know, we, we can't just not talk about it and pretend like it doesn't exist. In the minors and even in college for a little bit at Auburn, he's had injury concerns. He's been shut down for a year. He, he's had that happen before. So I don't think that this is the worst thing in the world. Again, if this was a competing team, if this was a team that, that competing does not actually the word I should be using anymore because this team's been competing a lot lately. This was a playoff push, a playoff contender. I would be pushing for him to to not have an innings limit, but we're not there. This team is not making the playoffs this year. This team is probably not going to be really close to the playoffs this year. It's okay. It's going to be worth it. And we're just trying to make sure that he can go and, and take on a full season of professional ball because he's really never done that before. 
And the major league season's longer than the minor league season at that. He's never had to do this in his life. So it's okay. I'm okay with having him get a, a couple of, whatever, three, four-inning starts for the month of July. And then in September, him still being fully healthy and still being able to go deep, deep into into September and deep into games. I'm okay with that. Totally okay with that trade-off. A lot of people are kind of upset about it. I'm all right with it, to be honest. So, Mize has a short start. He, he also, he, he wasn't fantastic either. It's not like he got pulled, uh, you know, in the third, after the third inning of a fantastic outing. He, he was not very efficient. Gets pulled. Tigers, this game was never particularly close. Tigers kind of comfortably lose this one. Badu stays hot. You'll hear me, him brought up throughout the entire weekend, to be honest. What the kid's doing is unbelievable. It's criminal that the national media is not giving him more attention in the AL Rookie of the Year race. He's starting to, admittedly. There's been some some people that are that are slowly starting to come around on him and, and putting him back in that conversation, but I think most people just view him as a crazy fun story at the beginning of the year and then kind of fizzled out. And In actuality, he has come back even stronger than he was at the beginning. He's such a professional hitter right now. It's so fun to watch. I love the fact that he's getting leadoff at-bats, too. He gets more at-bats than anybody on the team. Love it. Absolutely love it. Nomar Mazzara had a few hits this weekend. Had a nice knock in uh, in, in this game. Uh, I still don't care. I really don't care. I would much rather Derek Hill be on this team. I don't care that Nomar Mazzara is batting. What, I think he's batting well over 300, to be honest. Maybe not well over. I think he's batting around 300 in his last, whatever, two weeks or what or what what I don't care his OPS is still barely over 600 he's still not good they are also all singles he's not getting extra base hits when you sign a dude for power I do not care I don't care I still don't want him here I think it's a wasted roster spot I would much rather Derek Hill be getting ABs but he had a nice knock in this game that that (laughs) I'm not going to spend too much time on the first game. That's pretty much it. My short start, but he's completely okay. Offense, not great. Bullpen, not great. Tigers lose. Okay, on to game two, on to Saturday's game. Tarek Skubal takes the bump. Not a fantastic outing. Strikeout numbers remain solid. He's got some of the best strikeout numbers of rookies in all of baseball and really in, in, in the entire American League starting pitching realm. His strikeout numbers are fantastic the last month. Love to see that. Fantastic. Didn't have a great outing. Got kind of knocked around a little bit. Some BABIP, but quite a bit of hard contact as well. Not going to pretend like it wasn't. So strikeouts were there. Swing and miss stuff was there. Excuse me. However, still not a fantastic start. And he's had a really good last month. So I'm I'm okay with the growing pains are going to happen. And this White Sox team, whether you like it or not, and I'm in the category of not, is a pretty damn good lineup. And not only is this a good lineup in the sense of, oh, you know, they produce runs, whatever, just your traditional, you know, this is a a division winning, this team's going to win the division, and this is the lineup that they have, so obviously it's a good lineup, but this lineup loves to put the bat on the ball. Got a lot of, a lot of, of Babbitt people. And that doesn't mean they're impossible to strike out, but it means if you throw the ball in the zone, they're going to hack. 
It's all about making weak contact with this White Sox team, especially when they're fully healthy, which admittedly they're not right now, but we'll take it. We'll take it any way we can get it. And this game, the offense just exploded, and it really hasn't cooled down since. And it is now, you're listening to this, it's now Tuesday. And the offense has yet to really cool down since. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Other notables, uh, Kyle Funkhauser. Hell of a hell of a story. I mean, this is a, this is a dude that was a reasonably regarded, highly regarded prospect. He was kind of in that era of like, oh, we don't have a very good like when when the Tigers had one of the worst farm systems in baseball. He was like one of the more talked about prospects, I guess. And he trained, obviously, he's still on the team. So he went through the the farm system getting built back up and getting those top heavy, those picks as well. But so, so he's kind of been talked about since he was drafted. And then he was supposed to be a starter and he, he wasn't that good of a starter and he never found his, his really his groove there. And then last year he came up and he was pretty terrible out of the bullpen. And most people just thought, okay, well, Kyle Funkhauser, not going to be on this team over Dunzo and he has been fantastic this year sub three ERA now he has been he has totally reinvented his his game he's using a lot more spin on the ball reinventing how he approaches batters how how he's approaching hitters fantastic work by Chris Fetter we'll get to him later and uh and, and Funkhauser deserves a lot of credit for really going from a dude that was borderline DFA material six months ago and is now a, a guy that is is I would say the front office looks at him as a long-term bullpen piece I don't think he's ever going to be the setup man or the closer I think he's pretty set in stone obviously with with this production maintained that he's going to be on this team for and in this bullpen for the next several years crazy turnaround story all the credit in the world to him and obviously a lot of credit to Chris Fetter. Cisnero also appeared. Fantastic season as well. More credit to Chris Fetter. Cisnero had some flashes last year as well. And uh, and his velocity's gone up this year. And he's just pumping. This bullpen has very slowly but surely reinvented itself. And we actually have a couple of guys back there. Overall, the bullpen is still weak. We, we still have our Brian Garcias, who we'll talk about later. Daniel Norris has struggled a lot. The overall outlook, and when you put all the numbers together, is still weak. But there are some individual players really making names for themselves. And that's really, really, really encouraging for a team that's trying to come out of a rebuild and knowing what we know about how important bullpens are, <laughs> given all of our fandom and all of our experiences with those early 2010s teams, and how much knowing as a fan base, how much a bullpen can cost us. It's awesome to see. Awesome to see. All right. We are going to get into segment two here. But first, I got to talk to everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With all the ever-increasing makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? 
and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand and their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers, you have a smartphone, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, we are back. We're back on a nice Tuesday, a post-holiday Tuesday, feeling, feeling, feeling good. It's hard not to feel good after this weekend of Tigers baseball, man. Awesome weekend. It, electric factory, to be honest with you. Let's let's get get more into the weekend. We can get the weekend out of the out of the way before we get into last night's game and the rest of July as well. So let's get into Sunday start. Matt Manning getting the nod on the hill. Uh, not a fantastic start by Matt Manning by any stretch. Uh, they pulled him before he could really get blown up, blown up, but that's where it was headed with, I'm not gonna, not gonna sugarcoat it was not fantastic. So here's the thing with Manning. Everybody hasn't, well, everybody has an opinion on everything. Everybody has an opinion on Manning and you know, very understandably so, He's one of the top prospects in this organization. He's the top pitching prospect in the organization that wasn't already on the major league roster when he got called up. He was kind of the last pitching piece that we were going to mix in there. Um, so it, it totally makes sense to me that everybody everybody wants to voice their opinion on him, and 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 that's that's the world we live in. That's fine. The debate is super interesting because on one hand. You have, it's really a pros and cons kind of a thing. It's like making a Venn diagram, not a Venn diagram. What am I talking about, bro? I'm so sorry. That, that That's just simply not, not true. It's not at anything like making a Venn diagram. It's <coughs> unbelievable, ridiculous. It's like making a pros and cons list. I don't know. What was I even thinking about? What? I haven't made a Venn diagram since I was probably in... in Middle school. I have no idea what prompted that thought to pop in my head. Anyway, focus. It's like making a pros and cons list, right? It's when you look at it, okay, you have sent him down to Toledo, which by the way is just not happening until someone's healthy again, regardless of, of what your opinion is. It's not happening until someone comes off the IL because we don't have. Uh, and we will talk about Willie Peralta, and he absolutely deserves his flowers. He was fantastic yesterday. Okay, we will get into that discussion. However, the game plan will never be Willie Peralta is is slotted in to start every fifth day for this team. That that was not the plan. That never was the plan. That never will be the plan, even with how well he did last night. Okay. 
So Manning's staying until someone is healthy again, regardless. But looking at the pros and cons, it's interesting because you have keep him in the show against the best hitters on the planet where he cannot get a swing and a miss right now to save his life. He cannot get a whiff. They're either called strikes or weak contact or just straight up hard contact. He is not missing bats. His strikeout numbers have been bad and his whiff numbers just in general have been bad. He is not missing any bats, okay? So you put him in against against MLB talent that he is clearly not ready for. Clearly. But he gets to continue working with Chris Fetter, who is quickly being acknowledged around the entire sport, not just the city of Detroit, as one of the best pitching coaches in the on the planet, really. Okay? So you have that. That trade-off, or it's the opposite. You send him down to AAA, where that is clearly the level that he is currently at as a pitcher, but he doesn't get to work with one of the best pitching coaches on the planet. Do I know the answer? No. And thankfully, none of us really have to think about or debate this too much until either Boyd or Turnbull come off the IL. Because then it becomes, do you move him down or Willie Peralta down? Or, honestly, like Brian Garcia, etc. Okay? So, for now, we don't even really have to have this discussion. That's why I've kind of kept my nose out of it and not really argued too hard one way or another on, on the Twitter sphere. Because it does not matter until someone's healthy again. But, when someone is, it will be a very interesting debate regarding what, uh, what that Tigers PR account puts out there the day somebody's healthy again. It's going to be really interesting. So those are the trade-offs, and, and like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He did not have a great start, but the offense exploded, so it did not matter. The bullpen was also fantastic, stopped the bleeding, and that's such an underrated part of being a reliever. It's one thing to come in when you have a lead and then be nails, right, and shut the door like that. It's a whole nother thing to come in after after whatever, an, an offense is hitting the hell out of the ball and crushing your starter, and then you come in, stop the bleeding, and keep it stopped, tourniquet style, for the remainder of the game. Very, very, very impressive by this bullpen. And even though it was highlighted there at the end by uh, by, by my boy, by Gregory Soto giving up a three-run hover, making the game a little interesting at the end. Apparently, that's a theme because we did it again in last night's game. Regardless, really impressed by the bullpen. Cisnero, even after that, just a really solid bullpen performance. And they had to pitch a lot of innings, and they were nails. So so props to the bullpen. They, they deserve their flowers. The other two people I want to talk about before we get into the Rangers game last night are Eric Haas and Jamer Candelario. Eric Haas fantastic story. I'd assume most people have heard it by now. Local kid, grew up in the, a Tigers fan, grew up in Michigan. Came. I actually have family that played against him in high school, which is crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy to, to think of. That's a very full circle moment that I am now talking about him on my podcast. And I've, I, I have family that played against him when he was a high schooler. Um, 
so a crazy, crazy cool story, kind of a career minor league or up and down replacement level guy. Got a chance here, as a lot of people have over the last five years, and he has taken his taken the opportunity and ran with it. And and props to him, man. Props to him. He has hit the hell out of the ball. There is the scouting report starting to get around. That low and away slider. Just watch out for that. He he has had some trouble with that when he had that game where he was striking out left and right last week. A lot of it was due to that. He's prone to, to swing and miss at that. But if you throw him a heater, man, I don't like your odds at the moment. I'm going to be honest. I don't I don't like the pitcher's odds if you're trying to challenge Eric Haas with a heater right now in, uh, in July of 2021. Pretty exciting, awesome story. And he continues to hit the ball. And he continues to play solid defense. He's slated at left field a couple of times. Hasn't looked like a complete joke out there yet he's been pretty solid it calls a decent game behind the plate obviously he's uh he's he's one I'm 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 loving Eric Haas absolutely loving Eric Haas and he had a really 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 big weekend so hopefully he stays hot the the more hot hitters the better baby the more hot hitters the better Jamer Candelario we talked about last week how he was struggling he heated up this weekend, and he carried that the end of the weekend and carried it into last night's game. That's so important for him. That's so important. It's it's just important for this team because he is someone, one of the few people in this lineup, in this offense, that a lot of people look at and say, you are part of the future. On the pitching side, you have a lot of people, not a lot. You you have you have quite a few people, yeah, borderline a lot, that you can point at and say, "Hey, I expect you to be here when we are good again." Right? On the offense, is a different story. Candy's one of those people. Really hot weekend. Good to see him hitting the ball again. Let's get into this uh, this Rangers game last night. This absolute blowout. In Arlington, but first, I got to talk to everybody about Wild Alaskan Company. We all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega 3s and protein, but the seafood counter can be intimidating. Which fish tastes best? What type of cut? Can you really be sure about the quality? Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild caught seafood. You're used to having a lot of choices when it comes to what you eat, but it matters where your food comes from. Get the nutrition from nature. The Wild Alaskan Company sources wild-caught seafood from Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably-sourced wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination, and every month, there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership at any time, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with a Wild Alaskan Company. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. 
And lastly today, I got to talk to everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag. I feel like I read that super weird. I don't know what that was. I had a really weird inflection in my voice there that I'm not really used to. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and even all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their finals. Deep runs into the finals, baby. A crazy NBA finals ahead. Stanley Cup, Montreal saving their season last night. Two electric factories. Awesome, awesome. You can get all the news and updates and betting odds at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKDOWN. It's promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody. We are back here for our final segment at Locked On Tigers. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. You can follow me at Bentley Scotty. We're going to get that uh, Locked On Tigers Instagram fired up here soon once I uh, once I get all the equipment set up, hopefully at the end of this week, for uh, bringing those post-game videos back in Locked On form. That'll be awesome. And then hopefully next week as well, we can start using Spotify Green Room. Got a lot coming. Got a lot coming with the show. We ball. As I said in my intro video, we ball. Let's get into the Tigers, though. Final, or no, first game of the Texas Rangers series. An absolute thrashing. Just dominance by your Detroit Tigers. Had a touchdown lead at one point. And then in, in classic Tigers bullpen fashion, the uh, the bullpen had to give up two homers in the bottom of the ninth to make it a 7-3 win instead of a 7-0 shutout win. But we will take it. We're going to talk about the the biggest storyline at the end, okay? First up, Brian Garcia. Um, I will try my hardest to never say, ha, 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 I was right about a negative with someone. I hope that came out correctly. I, I don't really know how to word this. Last year, I got into quite a few arguments with people because of Brian Garcia. And he had a great ERA, but his peripherals and his swing and miss numbers were honestly terrible. And it didn't make sense to me to how that how he managed to have this good ERA. He had like a 1-6 ERA in 2020. Shortened season, obviously. And it didn't make sense. And I was very adamant on him not being a long-term bullpen piece. Okay? Like I said, I'm, I'm never going to... Gonna, boast or flex being correct about a, a, a negative on someone else's career. Okay, that's not what I'm doing. I'm saying that it is now, all those conversations I have with people are coming back up. A lot of people bringing up old conversations that, that I had. I didn't even, I wasn't even the one to do it. Other people bringing up conversations they had with me, saying that they were wrong, etc., and it's because Brian Garcia has not been very good this year. And the same reasons really apply. Last year, his K per nine was five. He is a one-inning reliever. And he is striking out nobody. 
you especially as like a one inning appearance reliever, you have to get swing and misses. You have to strike people out because you're trying to only face three people. He kept the ball on the ground a lot last year, but he struck out virtually no one. And this year, his strikeout, his K per nine is his K percentage. While they are higher, being higher than five as a one-inning reliever is not too terribly hard to do, and it's still not very good. It's like seven or just... So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not the most surprising thing in the world. The, the writing was kind of on the wall. And while I don't think we should just completely give up on him and be like, oh my gosh, he's terrible, I don't want to play with you anymore... There is something that needs to happen, and I'm not sure him being on a major league roster is currently the move. I think when people start getting healthy again, he could be one of the people to get chopped. So something to keep an eye out for. I'm not sure DFAing him makes sense because we already let Burroughs go, and the 40-man roster of, of relievers is looking a little thin. However, something to keep an eye on, absolutely. So moving into the rest of this game, okay, a lot of positives. Obviously. I said obviously. I meant it. A lot, a lot of positives still. Very solid offensive performance. Great pitching. We're going to get to, like I said, Willie at the end. Zach Short had a great game. Great defensive plays, plural, but one, the, the big one that the MLB posted. Fantastic double play turn. Homered as well. Really, really great game for Zach Short. He continues to stay pretty hot. And I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be the everyday shortstop right now. You keep an eye on him. You don't let him labor out there if he goes through a huge, massive slump. He, he hasn't earned that. But for the time being, we don't have a shortstop on the Major League roster. Why not just throw him out there every day, pencil him in for the next week or so as your shortstop? Don't see any reason why you wouldn't. The interesting thing with the offense in this game, the top four went two for 20, and uh, both of those hits were the same person as well, Miguel Cabrera. The bottom five went five for 15. So the bottom half of the lineup doing a lot of the heavy lifting for your Detroit Tigers in this game, which is is great. <laughs> great to see the bottom half of the lineup hitting. You'd like to see the top half produce more. But in, I'm not going to complain too much about where the hits and runs come from as long as we're putting up seven runs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pretty... But an interesting thing to keep an eye on at least. Okay, let's get into Willie Peralta. Willie Peralta was fantastic. The breaking ball looked great. The fastball looked pretty solid. He had five Ks, seven shutout innings for the first time in five years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable story. Chris Fetter deserves so much credit for how he has handled this staff. And Willie Peralta deserves, obviously, again, obviously, a ton, a ton, a ton of credit. Awesome story. And it's crazy because it it's what I think the Tigers PR tweeted. That's 16 or 17 consecutive scoreless innings for Willie Peralta now. Unreal, man. He's been the opener a few times. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's, it's so nice for the first time in what seems like forever. We have a system and have a coaching staff where the next man up isn't a guaranteed dumpster fire garbage can. 
The next man up can actually be someone that plugs a hole and does it well. And that's we have not been able to say that as an organization in over half a decade. Awesome, awesome, awesome story. Awesome to see. We need it because of all these injuries. And hopefully he, he stays hot, can continue to be a starter in this rotation and give us productive outings because that's what all he's done really so far. This is like his lowest ERA, and it's a wildly small sample size, but his, his lowest ERA uh, since his rookie year or something like that. He And even his career, he's like a career replacement level player. But here we are. Awesome story. Tigers win this one. 7-3. Comfortable win. And now we look at the rest of July, right? Just really quickly. We're going to touch on the rest of July. We got rid of the White Sox early, took two of three. Now we have two series against the Rangers, two series against the Twins, and the Orioles and the Royals. An incredibly easy month of July for your Tigers. I don't know, man. What are we, seven games under 500? Seven, eight games under? That, an all-star break to rest up, hopefully get some of these dudes off the IL. I don't know. If you start at May 8th, we have the second best record in the AL Central. Only two games back from the White Sox as well. It's not even like they're you know way, way ahead of us. Two consecutive winning months for the first time in, in five years. And looking really good, like we might get a third one in there. The ship is turning, baby. The ship is turning. Next year is going to be a really, really fun year. Of Detroit Tigers baseball. And I cannot wait. Only other thing we got to talk about. All-star selection. Gregory Soto. My boy. Elected to the all-star game. Um, This is still. uh, This is a humbling vote. Right? This is like. Okay. We still don't really have the pieces. To. uh, We still don't have a a ton of talent on this roster. This. This. This a lot of our success has to do with the great coaching staff and, and next man up mentality, and that's awesome. But as pure pure star power, this team still lacks a, a talent to be a, a, a bona fide consistent um, contender. And that that's all this is. This the, all that is is just a reminder. Also, it's fan voting. Whatever, man. Like we'll be fine. Actually, the starting is fan voting. It's it's whatever. Uh, some people are, like Jonathan Scope was the big one, right? People people wanted Jonathan Scope in there. Fantastic June, one of the hottest hitters in the month of June. His overall season numbers are not really all star worthy. Got hot at the right time. Got his name in the conversation because he got hot at the right time. He got hot the month before the All Star break. Great timing. But if you make his June his April and his April his June, he is not even remotely talked about as an all-star, right? Season outlook, you know, what? and also he's, he's listed as a first baseman. You're competing with a lot in the American League first base department, north of the border there especially. Just a, just a lot to ask, and, and most teams that need one representative and they don't know who to do just throw in a reliever or a starter because you know starting pitching in general you can always just add another pitcher whatever 
So I'll take it. I'm not going to lose sleep over Scope not getting in. The debate on what to do with him in the future is is a very heated debate currently and, and hotter than ever after his last month. We'll get into that. I've actually said my opinion on that a few times, but as we get closer to the All-Star or the trade deadline, we'll talk about that more. And that's all we got. First Epi back from a long weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow as always. Before I send you off, I got to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Locked On Today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, what's the key for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals? It's going to be in a really fun series. Michigan boy, Devin Booker going up. What's the key for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals? Get more of your sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for me. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you have a great week. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow getting close to that uh, that draft, too. We'll have some more draft profiles. You can find it all here at Locked On Tigers. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. We'll catch you tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.